This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup, just like a front three of Reese, Keane and Frockyar, right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Morning to you. I guess there's only one place to start. The thing I've been inundated with requests about your Twitter account. What's going on there? You've been inundated with requests regarding my Twitter. Well, what it all is got going on? Much. Where is he? Well, Did it? Hmm. Yeah. Well, it all got too much. You know, when you put your opinions in the spotlight week in week out, you you leave yourself susceptible to getting an absolute terrain of online abuse and. Yesterday morning, I just couldn't take any more. So there went the Twitter account. It's gone. It's done. At Adam Salisbury, one is a thing of the past. Mm. RIP. And now for the real reason. Yeah, the real reason is uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that I got done for being underage. I must have made my account when I was younger than 13. So they locked my account, requested parental control uh, from my mother take control of my own account so I've provided the relevant documentation and my Twitter is back as of right now is it is it really Um, well that is good timing yeah Yeah, I was just messing around really with my um, with my details Uh, so I wanted to change my date of birth because it was a year out so I tried changing it and then once I changed it the account just went into lockdown I thought oh hell what on earth have I done here? Ten years of hard work in, in uh, making my own Twitter account to getting it where it is today, all gone in the blink of an eye. Nothing to worry about, guys. If you were messaging George wondering where on earth I'd gone, first of all, why? And uh, <laughs> second of all, there's no need to worry. While it is a cesspit, it is a not nice feeling to get locked out. Do you remember me getting locked out right before a match last season? I Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I was really yeah. at a loose end. Didn't like it. To, to be fair, yesterday I was more than willing to give it up for good. Really, I missed it a little bit in the aftermath of Luke Littler's yeah. absolute darting demolition job of Rob Cross last night. Because you would have received a darts, yeah, darts tweet off me. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I didn't really miss it whatsoever. The darts tonight—you're just counting down the hours, really, aren't you? 
I think it's an unbelievable final. Like a of talent, yeah. You've got the world number one here, the newly crowned world number one, the winner of the three previous televised titles, taking on the world youth champion, who's literally come from absolutely nowhere. A 16-year-old from Warrington, who's taken on all comers. He's beaten Christine Kist, world darts champion. He's beaten Ray Van Barnevel, five-time world darts champion. He's beaten Rob Cross, former world darts champion. Can he, can he become a world champion himself? Of course, he's beaten Brendan Dolan, the history maker. And he also beat Matt Campbell as well, who beat James Wade. So this is this is a decent run. I was a little bit sceptical last night before coming up against Rob Cross, because we know Rob Cross yeah. is a very solid, solid operator. And when he gets out in front, he can be tough to peg back. And it looked a little bit like that would happen yesterday. And then Luke Littler, kudos to him, a 16-year-old, to be able to claw his way back into into the match. And, and because this is no mean feat to do so against Rob Cross, who's averaging 115, was just incredible. And once he got back into the match, he, he scarcely looked back. It was a it was a bludgeon, uh, absolute bludgeoning display. Breathtaking display for large parts. Treble 19 hitting last night was, was incredible. Rod Studd mentioned it on commentary, but I can't remember either a time where anybody was hitting that bed with, with such regularity and disdain. It was incredible. And then we thought that was good. And then Luke, Luke Humphreys comes out and averages 110 against Scott Williams. And then um, he's now an odds-on shot to beat Luke Little. It's incredible. It's going to be an absolute barnstorm of a contest. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I think the special thing is about the final that Humphreys is this like cold kind of, almost shows no emotion whatsoever for darts players, like big personalities. So can Little go up against him? I think he'll be favourites for a lot of people. I think we know that Luke Humphrey's A game would beat Luke Littler's A game. And mm. I keep coming out with this and keep getting proven wrong because I thought Rob Cross's A game would be enough to see off Littler. But Luke Humphrey's at the moment, he's, um, he just looks merciless, really. Yeah, merciless, bloodless. Yeah. Uh, and the interesting thing about Luke Humphrey's is that he's faced adversity in this competition today. Like, I don't know how he beat yeah. Ricardo Piotrzewski. Because the crowd was against him. He looked like he'd completely lost his head completely. Well, they're gonna uh, be against yeah. him tonight, aren't they? You'd imagine. Yeah. Again, yeah. which which is the interesting thing. Can Luke Humphreys block out the haters again? Like that performance against obviously he came through that incredible match against Joe Cullen, where literally anybody else on the planet would have succumbed to Joe Cullen's charm. Yeah. But Luke Humphreys didn't. It was a great performance. I think he's a worthy favourite to beat Luke Little. I think he's the safer better the two. But you'd probably suggest that the value is potentially with Little. He's just one of them. I'm just going to watch it tonight, absolutely in awe of two young, up-and-coming, darting juggernauts that are just going to conquer this sport for years and years and years. That's probably about as much darts as we can get away with, so we will move swiftly on, but cannot wait. Which is a shame, which is a shame because I could talk darts literally all day. Mm-hmm. One more, are you just watching at home tonight, or...? I'm not, sure, not sure. I do prefer to watch these types of contests on my own in the comfort of my own. Yeah, home. I do. Put your phone mm. away to one side and just settle down into the action. How was your New Year's Eve? New Year's Eve was good, actually. Uh, I spread it ac- across multiple households. Uh, I started off at Still Hitch's house, who was hosting a bit of like an NFL dude. I'm not really into my NFL, but. You know, I had a few mates there as well, um, and we had a really nice time. We had um, we had some absolutely world class sticky pork belly bites. Right, yeah. 
They were genuinely A-list stuff. Still, Hitch is a very, very capable cook. He likes to do wings and nachos and burgers, all that sort of thing. Yeah. And he's, he's added a pork belly string to his bow, which is a very welcome string. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, and then I went to uh, like a gathering with like school pals. One of my mates from school's girlfriend has uh, recently bought a house, so, a like housewarming type thing. Was New Year gathering. Um, I got home for about two a.m., which I was relatively pleased with because these events mm. can soon turn into a mess where where all of a sudden it's eight a.m. and setting off to Sunderland. But I was glad yeah. I was getting for about two o'clock, quarter past two, straight to bed. It wasn't too bad. I didn't go too big. I didn't go too balls, balls to, the wall. to the wall. Yes. Oh, no. That's a bad sermon. I can predict what you're going to say next. Mm, Have we been doing spent, this too long? <laughs> we spent far too much time on these Zoom calls together, haven't we? So what did you get up to? I went to Albert's in Standish. Have you ever been before? I haven't been, but I've heard great reports. It's meant to be very, very good. Yeah. I had some food and then went into a very, very busy after thing but the food was so good really was just get yourself you get? there what'd you get it's like crab ravioli for start and then Ooh. cod for the main which was just oh. world class so it was a real fishy, fishy affair fishy affair yeah is it not more renowned for its steak Albert's or oh, I got that wrong might be there wasn't any I don't think there's any on menu oh, and no, then. I'm not a big red meat no. eater no problem with that no just red fish yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was on the zero percent because of the early drive. I had a couple. Yeah, yeah it's wise, isn't it? It's it wise. just wasn't I worth was it. No, you yeah, weren't. I was not. And um, and there were times in that journey to Sunderland where I took a few turns for the worst, mm. and managed to get there unscathed. Uh, but yeah, to be fair, I could have gone a lot harder than that prior. So I was really, really proud of myself because my yeah. My mental fortitude isn't that great after a drink. <laughs> yeah, get lost in it all. Why did you set off at 8 a.m.? Um, good question. I like to get there with plenty of time. Yeah. But I don't like to be uh, rushing, really. We had a nice meal in the uh, in the middle of Sunderland, actually. Did you? At McDonald's. Yeah, McDonald's. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing that entered my mouth in a food capacity in 2024 was a McDonald's chip. <laughs> you got a chip. What about ten a.m.? Well, no, we missed the uh, we ah, missed the breakfast menu, unfortunately. Oh. So yeah, it was about half eleven. No, about quarter past eleven. So I got my usual order of large Big Mac meal with a lemonade. I got a wrap of the day, triple cheeseburger, and a chicken mayo <laughs> for the measure. What? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> To be fair, I'm always astonished that it only comes to something like £13 and 80 pence or something along those lines. I think That's it's an incredible deal. amount of food. And yet they say that you can't eat value. It's it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's just great value. It's a little bit like the chicken triple in Tesco's meal deal. Like That's ultimate high street value, isn't it? Yes, it is. Well, that was a good start to your day, I guess. And then a football match kicked off. We should mention Sheffield Wednesday because we just went AWOL, but there just simply wasn't time, was there? Luckily, I think these two defeats merge into one, ultimately. Yeah, a little Preston bit, yeah. Didn't score in either. Two comfortable defences, really, against us. Yeah, lack of creativity. Credit a little bit to opposition, but, I mean, we have got to be so much better than we've been in the last two games, haven't we? Yeah, 2024 started rather a lot like, like 2023 ended. Yes, 
Yeah. Um, yeah, that's Brilliant. a really nice line. Mm. That's one of my ad-lib lines where I was just about to go to bed last night and that sprung into my head, so I thought I'll use that tomorrow. And then you're just hoping uh, you can remember it when you wake up. Well, yeah, this is it, I suppose, when you're sort of um, in the thrust of a podcast. Can you take the time to go into that area of the brain to recall mm. it? And I've done so, so I'm delighted with that. But yeah, North End, again, a little bit like the Wednesday of the game, could have played until 2025 and wouldn't have scored. <laughs> um, which is frustrating. I know Miller hit the, post, uh, hit the bar against Wednesday. Uh, but other than that, we never looked remotely like going close to scoring in either contest. And it is remiss of us that we didn't do a podcast after the Wednesday game. But I'm sure people will realise that, you know, that time of year, just before New Year, is a, is a particularly tricky time to get out of podcast. So yes. I hope people sympathise with us. But um, If it was a case of just recording and finishing and somebody else sorting it, then we would have done it. But... Absolutely. This takes a long time to get out there, trust me. But we don't have that capacity. So if there's a producer out there who would like to come and work for us for free, then that I mean, would, yeah. Then please yeah. get your CV sent over to at George Hodgson Sport on Twitter. And I'm sure he'd be able to sort something out. Hmm. But anyway, back to more pressing matters. Um I was really disappointed after the Leeds game where you you you're hopeful that you can go on and build something again and you can return to some sort of normality and then you go one step forward and you come four steps back. Like the Wednesday game. Yeah. So the Wednesday game was a weird one because they scored and then there was that low block for the rest of the game. And we know that we're useless when we've got the ball at our feet. We're much more effective when, when we've got teams coming on to us. And we never really look like breaking the owls down after that which is annoying because they're bottom of the league. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't argue that that was a particularly half-hearted performance. North End were worthy of a better result than they got. But ultimately, if you don't score in these games and you're not going to win games, that's football, isn't it? Um, but Sunderland looked as if they took heed off Wednesday's advice there um, and they let us have the ball. And, and we never looked like doing anything, really, at, at Sunderland. It was a very lacklustre, pedestrian, Practice slow match play. Five. Yeah, as if like the sort of number of games had caught up with us like in that sort of period of time and it was all just very, very... It was surreal, really. It was like watching one of those um, Central Central League contests at Exton. Correct, yeah. Um, and we've had the pleasure of watching a few of those. Oh, indeed we have. Yeah, we've had some mm. great, great afternoons at Exton. But um, yeah, this was not one of those great afternoons, unfortunately. No. It really wasn't, was it? I thought two 0 I thought this will be interesting. Like, are we going to end up getting battered again? But in reality, we just didn't really do anything. I mean, we were camped in their half, but did would you say there was a real determination? And you know, you mentioned fatigue. Maybe that was an element, but like a real desperation to get back into it. I don't know if there was. Not, not really, no. Um, which is annoying, and obviously the supporters there were quite vocal in their frustration you might not be able to hear because you're but literally thousands of feet above the playing area it's a great amphitheater for football to say anything like but the away end is dreadful like you yeah. feel like you you're completely cut adrift from the event but we'll talk about the away end no doubt later on yeah i suppose the most annoying thing about the game on new year's day was the fact that they were there for the taking for large parts you know other than the two two 
<laughs> two moments where they scored. Um, you know, the Pritchard goal is one of them where, you know, you don't get out to him early enough and then you leave a player with that sort of quality to have a pop from range and you're always susceptible for the ball to go in. And in my view, albeit way up in the gods, was, was that Woodman couldn't really get there. And the replays tell a slightly different tale, but I had no real cause with a goalkeeper on that one. And then the other goal was was just appalling. Like, what on earth McCann's doing with that half-hearted attempt at taking him down? You've got to go through players there because you know that Story's going to be isolated 1v1. You've got to completely take the lot there. Like, it's naive midfield play. Like, could you ever imagine Pearson doing that? Come on now. Like, that was really poor. And then we just know it's a story when it gets 1v1 against Jack Clark. We've seen that before, like you said, in the Run playoffs. Back. When... Run it yeah. back to Hillsborough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wednesday against... Who was Sunderland manager that day? I can't remember, but he did no. that lovely jump up in the air. Um, bald head, Scottish. Can't remember his name. Anyway, move yeah. on. Um, and then from there, it just looks like... Well, it just looked like what it was. Because the mm. byline cuts across and goal. And then other than that, I can't really think of another chance in the game I thought they were relatively poor to be honest which is annoying but we were worse yeah I can't think of another chance you're right if you're not snapping Jack Clark in half then you're never going to snap anyone in half because he is that kind of player you've just got to wipe out far too good isn't he especially when it came from actually quite a good moment for us Miller on the byline trying to put it across you know the keeper collects it and it's a quick a quick release in the rim but McCann's got to be wise to that he's got to be wise to the fact that there's only story and maybe Lindsay, who who's literally slower than me behind. So you've just got to take him out. It's naive as. Like I saw quite a lot of people um, commenting on story, like how how he's at fault. To me, like McCann's just got to clatter him. Really poor. Really disappointed with that. And then the goal scorer, who I've literally never heard of. I think he scored his first goal for Sunderland. He gets a, a foot ahead of Lindsay so easily, doesn't he? Like, yeah, that is pretty basic striker movement. I don't know how hard that would be to stop, but it didn't. It looked a bit too easy to me. Well, yeah, the whole thing was really amateur, weren't it? Mm. Like it just like they were. They literally ran from one end of the pitch, got to the byline, squared it, and in. It was like a goal <laughs> off FIFA. FIFA, yeah, yeah, yeah a sweaty was, goal. Uh, a, yeah, a sweaty goal. I used to hate <laughs> that phrase. And there was more um, vile terms for that goal as well, but we won't go into those. Was All right. Yeah, there was one... Wasn't aware one, of those. Yeah, I'm not even going to go into it because it, it really made me ill at the time, but it still does now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, utterly I mean, bizarre. I mean, the team in Sunderland was, was three changes and Frockyard's back in his first start in eight. And there's Chet Evans up front on his own. And I just don't think Evans has looked anywhere close to the player he was before that horrendous incident. And no, yeah, I mean, it just didn't work at all, did it? No, no, it didn't. And there's reason really to be optimistic, I thought, when the teams came out, minus the Evans thing. Because it looked like a genuinely progressive North End eleven. I thought. Like, he's obviously... He has yeah. no idea what his best eleven is. Let's have it right. Well, yeah, it's two yeah. years in and we're now with this 4-1, 4-1. Brown was on the right against Sunderland. Yeah. And, the, yeah, lots of change every game. It's a weird one because, like, he's been back with new players and it's like he doesn't have the remote... A remote idea of how to get the best out of these people. I was like, speaking to someone about this the other day. It looks to me like we've drawn up a list of let's get someone who can do that. Let's get someone who can do that. All these different traits. Oh my god, how do we put them all together? How do we play to yeah. everyone's strengths? Because you can't play to 
of my H's strengths and Holmes' strength, main strength and Frockyard. These are all very different yeah. types of players. Like, now, what, how do we bring that all together? Yeah, and it's like the manager has absolutely no input whatsoever on these signings. It's like the sort of MRKT, whatever it is, and like just spotting like decent players who who have got this sort of mm. a potential sell-on value. Yeah. Uh, and we'll and we'll just bring them in, and the first like experience of them from the manager's perspective is when they um, come into training on day one. That's the that's the feel that I get from Ryan Lowe at the moment. It's I like mean, the Frockyard one is like I think he's talented. I think he could be a really good player, but it just looks bizarre. Why have we yeah. signed him? Doesn't fit yeah. the style of playing. Doesn't appear to really have the trust of the manager. I, I imagine he hates the football. He's having to play. Like, what's going on there? Yeah, the thing is with Frockyard is that it's quite clear that neither like each other. Like, Lowe gets annoyed at his, like, lack of tracking back um, and just general, like, naivety at times. Whereas Mads is, like, clearly limited by the system we play. He clearly doesn't enjoy the system we play. I get the impression he doesn't really know what he's meant to do either. Uh, and that's quite a lot of them at the moment which is a massive red flag in the management team. You see just, a lot of frustration out there, don't you? Yeah. Players like, yeah, you really do. Yeah. yeah. I spoke on Twitter about this yesterday with Paul Whelan, um, and he said that he reckons the players had given up. Uh, and the Leeds game, obviously, uh, and the Wednesday game, I didn't get that vibe whatsoever, but I suppose that is a legitimate out, a legitimate stance to Conclusion. take after, yeah. after the Sunderland game, because it just looked ridiculously half-hearted. Yeah. Yeah, just ridiculous, really. I was sat next to Radio Lanks and the commentator said, going through the motions, I thought I was spot on, like doing the kind of bare minimum, which might be unfair. Players are listening, which I'm sure they're not. They might be thinking, shut up. But that's what it looked like. Yeah. And obviously we need to remain sort of objective here. There's been loads of games recently. Who knows what the Leeds game took out of them, really. But really, these are professional footballers who really should be fit as a flea, really. So... Really troubling times at the moment. Northland actually started the game quite well. Did, yeah. First, yeah, first five minutes was end-to-end, yeah. Yeah, fine. Um, so we had some half-decent moments with Miller on the, well, on the left or right as you're looking onto the pitch. But we just didn't create anything in that early stanza, but there's reason for hope. And then suddenly go ahead and then all of a sudden you've got people heckling the goalkeeper and there's chance of Ryan Ryan sorted out. And it's quite a toxic away end to be a part of. It was a bizarre away end. Like, it was lifeless. It was an angry thing. Uh, there was a lot of tension. There was scrotes, breaking seats. Oh, dear. It just It was just a really bizarre place to be. Because even I felt quite uncomfortable at times. And I don't really give a toss about these sort of things. But it wasn't a nice place to be at all. Like, I've no issue with people having an issue with the manager. Like I say, increasingly more difficult to defend. But like, if you're there to cause toxicity and not get behind the players whatsoever, then that's where the issue ought to lie, really. And people can spend the money how they like, no problem with that whatsoever. If you want to go on and like basically hurl abuse for 90 minutes, then that's up to you. But it's just not a nice environment to be for others. Yeah. Yeah, good point. There'll be kids and that, won't there? Oh, yeah, people. there are a lot of young people there. A lot of young people there. Uh, and a lot of elderly as well. Like, it's just, you've got, I don't know, it's hard, isn't it? But you've got to be... Maybe, maybe it linked to the fact you were so far away and the performance was lifeless and 
Yeah. yeah. You could literally have gone to sleep. Yeah. Obviously, you could understand the concerns of the fans, but it wasn't an away end that was behind the team whatsoever. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mac Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Osmaich hasn't quite got going, has he, since his injury? Not really. Although, he worked really... Well, that Leeds game, you know, he worked tirelessly, ran and ran and ran. Wednesday was more tough for him because, like, they were... It was just a low block and he didn't really have any chance of running behind, which is his main attribute, really. Um, and he got he got withdrawn. I was surprised to see him not, not start against yeah, yeah, especially with Evans, who, who, like I said earlier, hasn't looked the same player. It sort of looks done, Evans, really. Like his main, his main sort of uh, attribute now would be to come off the bench when you're defending the lead or chasing the game a little bit, a little bit like Blackburn. That was the, that was the perfect situation. And he came on, he came on against Leeds as well, didn't he? And yeah, they're the sort of games that you want him to come on in. Starting games, he's looking quite ineffective. The ball tends to bounce off him. He's not holding the ball up like he did. And he just looks a little bit disjointed at the moment. He looks all over the place. So, but he's not a reason why we're losing games, is he? You know, mm-hmm. he's, um, it'd be harsh to single him out and tell us he's the reason we're not we're not having a change of fortunes. But yeah, out of sight, Osmaich. But other than yeah. that, I thought the team was, wasn't too bad. What more out injured for a couple of weeks? Not ideal, really. Bit of a frustrating time, hasn't he, since he signed? Yeah, he's been a bit of a signal. He's done okay recently, hasn't he? Okay. Um, but I still think Story, Lindsay and Hughes is your strongest three, albeit that he's adding two. Like, we just need some pace in that back line. It's ridiculous. Do we? Yeah. And probably one that's, that's comfortable on ball as well. Like, can feed it to Whiteman. Seth did it, didn't he? Yeah. Jack Goodwin spoke, actually, on the from the Eldon. He said that it's quite clear that we need to bring in a centre-half who's remotely confident on the ball and can move and he did actually name-check Seth Vandenberg. What a coup for the from the old. Yeah. Mm. Oh, oh. It was an absolute joy that that podcast. We had Jack Goodwin taking on all comers. We said, we've got Jack Goodwin here and he's ready to go with a war of words with any person who's low out. So we <laughs> we invited people to the floor and we said, come on now, let's have it. Jack Goodwin will take you on in a war of words. And there weren't many people who came forward. I don't know whether there was many people listening who were who were ardent low-out people. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but um, a few people came on and chatted to Jack and it was good. Enjoyed it. We've mm-hmm. going back to listen to it. May do. There was one comment from an extremely unenthusiastic 
manager afterwards, I would say, like someone kind of giving the vibe of not giving up, but not far off about Chelsea. You can understand why that's riled people up, can't you? Yeah, I can understand why it's riled people. I can also understand why he said it, like mm. what he means by it. I get the impression that he meant, obviously, with like league form, and we're plummeting down the table, like it's all going wrong. Like the cup is the least of his worries. I don't agree with that comment, obviously, because mm. what's the point in entering the cup if, if it's the least of your worries? You may as well just toss it off. Uh, and obviously, you've got supporters who are paying the harder money to go to London and an already expensive time of year. Uh, it's not a quote that kept me up at night, but I can understand why people were aggrieved. Probably just the way he said it, kind of like whatever. It was kind Throw of bad. What, whatever we do there, it doesn't matter, pretty much. Yeah. Which this is a big trip out for people. People who wasn't going to Stamford Bridge, and I'd suggest that shouldn't be for ex- any expectation of a result. But still, you want to go with a bit of hope. Of course, yeah. And you'd expect him to play strongest eleven because yeah. it's ultimately he's. His job's on the line, let's have it right. Like he's under massive pressure. So if he goes and plays like a half hearted Alex Neal cup team, then um, I don't expect him to be on a job on Monday. Where do you see it then at the minute? Because I mean this is like overwhelming calls to change the manager, isn't it? Really? I yeah. mean, there's a poll on Peony online. It's like ninety eight percent or something from over five hundred votes. So How many you, votes though? It's about six hundred votes. Yeah. Obviously you get more fans than that on. But yeah. Um, where do I stand? I wouldn't be upset whatsoever to see him sacked. And I wouldn't be overly upset overly upset to not see him sacked. I've never really been low in. But I've never really been low out. So it's a tricky one. I mm. tend to get more ardent in my defensive managers the worse it gets. Like I was probably more anti-low when we won at Hull and when Archer scored than I am now. Because he rubbed me up the wrong way then. Whereas now, I, I've just got used to it. Um, so look, this run of results is is unacceptable, and I feel like he's lucky to win a job today. To be honest, fourteenth now, it, aren't we? So I don't yeah, know where you can we're no going longer back use the No, you can't. You can no longer use the rhetoric that we're sort of eighth or. But yeah, this run of results can't continue. So I wonder what the plan is really, because I'd be surprised if if this run if this run if he was able to turn the tide really. So I wonder where this is going. Is he getting the cup tyres like a parting gift? Like he deserves a trip to Chelsea? Yeah. Well, when that, I'll be honest, when that statement came out, I thought, well, there's four games to come and two of them, you probably wouldn't want a new manager having. That being Leeds at home and Chelsea away. So I just that was just in the back of my mind when that came out. But we'll see what happens. I mean, 16, diabolical, isn't it? It's rank. It's relegation fodder. He couldn't have any complaints whatsoever with sacked. He knows the drill, doesn't he? He knows that, that this is an absolutely woeful run. He said to you in the press conference that he doesn't need you pointing out a sequence of results, doesn't he? And that's a man who's who's right under the pump. It's just a little bit concerning. Adam Brown made the point on Twitter, didn't he? This would be quite a good time to change the manager if you wanted to change the manager because it's a few weeks until the next league game. Chelsea's one of them games where you're not really expecting anything out of anyway. Um, and it's just like quite a good day out for the fans. So, yeah. realistically, it would be the perfect time to change the manager. And it's a little bit asleep at the wheel at the moment, you feel. And look, I'd absolutely love to be proven wrong by Ryan Lowe and North End going a streak of winning the next 20 games. But you get no sign whatsoever other than that sort of moment in time, which was the league game, the Leeds game. 
that anything could change, really. I saw a tweet from someone saying, and I thought they were spot on, that like when Ryan Lowe was appointed, I think everyone was happy, weren't they? They thought, oh, it's really good up-and-coming manager here. And there's no shame in the fact that it's not quite been what everyone expected. Like There'd be no disgrace in admitting it's not working and moving on. Totally agree with you. Yeah, when Ryan Lowe came into the club, obviously, it was precisely the sort of move that he wanted the club to make. Like, Re-energised. Take a better manager out of, out of League One, bring him into the Championship, young, up-and-coming, with a real good record, to be fair. Like, a, a real good standard at Bury and then Plymouth. And it was it was one to really get excited about. Uh, and then he obviously comes out with all the right things, doesn't he? You know, the hound bites that people have have begun to despise. But at the time, they were all taken by it. Let's have you right. Yeah. Everyone was taken by Ryan Lowe and they were taken on some away that he brought. And Northland did quite well. We improved after Frankie. We're in the mix of the playoffs towards the end of last season. And you're thinking, sorry, towards the end of, well, both of the previous seasons, weren't we? So we, were, we sort of had a chance of getting in in around the end of the season. Didn't quite pay off. But there was signs of something potentially happening um, and it's just gone wrong this season hasn't it like really wrong since we're top of the league it's just gone completely tits up from there which is weird because like we had a we had a great summer where the recruitment was was about as as good as it's been for ages like you got back we spent money uh, and then you start the season beautifully at top of the league and you're flying and albeit the data didn't quite back us up but like, it's one to really get excited about and then we hard to put your finger on what's happened really ever since it's just gone wrong. He's not been. He's not yet been able to arrest the slide. Yeah, you're right. Some may have seen through them early comments, but I think pretty much everyone was pretty enamoured by it. And like, this is great, telling us what we want to hear. And yeah, that's just worn off over time. It's not been totally doom and gloom on the pitch. There's been some good days, like you say, but there's been a hell of a lot of boring ones. And yeah, we've said it before, but he's never recovered from those early promises. Like, this is what I'll bring. Just not been able to do it. And now we're kind of changing completely to something new. Which it just feels a bit like the end game. And the thing is with this is that like his stats at like at Plymouth I told you that we were in for some really like exciting edge of your seat stuff. Like we might we might concede plenty of goals, but we'll score loads as well. And that's just never materialised. And Plymouth have continued with that, haven't they? Even in yeah, the champ. Yeah, of course they have. And it's a weird one, isn't it? It's clearly not an easy job, let's have it right. But it's a job that you can really get your teeth into and, and expect to do better at. I think mm. Ryan Law's currently doing. Um, and I reckon there'll be loads of managers out there who'd be willing to come and try and do it to a better standard. I do. Because we are a catch ultimately. This squad's not too bad. Yeah, I tend to agree that it's coming to an end game. That statement mentioned like the investment in the squad. And I know it mentioned the management staff as well. But investing in the squad, in my opinion, isn't a reason to keep a manager if they're not doing, the, doing well. Because the players don't leave when the manager leaves, like you still keep them players. I just thought that about reading back of it, I thought that's not quite relevant. We'll see. No. Time will tell. Yeah. Although maybe, maybe to play um, devil's advocate. Devil's advocate. It was a message to low to say you've been backed and we're backing you. But if you don't improve, you're gone. Maybe that's the sort of the reason for that line in there. Because so, like I say, it's not particularly relevant, is it? Thoughts on January? Can't imagine as like you said before, like of the uncertainty around the manager. I can't imagine us spending any money on fees. I think it'll be maybe a couple of loans, something like that. Yeah, a few loans, to be fair, would be more than welcome, especially defenders. Left-sider, young, right-winger, yeah, maybe. Young, quick, okay on the ball. Those are the sort of deals we need to be doing, really. 
Because there's no chance that the Riddler and Craig Emmons are going to trust Ryan Lowe with any more money, you think, because they will know that it's coming to an end a little bit. So there's no chance that he gets that he gets loads of money. I'm not sure we could even spend loads of money. I know the Chelsea Cup, no. Cup tie is quite a good one in terms of money, but there's no chance we're going to spend and spend and spend. It'd be a few loans, if anything, uh, maybe a few players going. Uh, but we've got some work to do, haven't we? Like, realistically... Players in, and the least of our worries, we need to be looking to tie down the likes of Brown and Whiteman. Uh, but I don't think they'll be doing so uh, with the current managerial situation. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Especially Whiteman. I can't imagine Whiteman staying if Low if Low stays. That's an interesting point, isn't it? If that is true, that'd be a massive dilemma for. Well, it shouldn't really be a dilemma, should it? You, you don't want to lose somebody like that. Good player and the captain as well. I mean, he's he's always said, "I want to stay. I want to break the appearance record." If there's even a seed of doubt in Alan Brown's mind, then you need to do whatever it takes to keep him. Correct, because he's been Herculean this season. And and you can see the hurt with Alan Brown. Like when he came over after the game the other day, like just looked alone, you know, yeah. clapping slowly and he just looked really upset. And maybe that's an indication that like, even he's a bit ill with it. Potentially, yeah. Brown feels it, doesn't he? Feels, he feels it, yeah. the defeat. He's been here 10 years. 10 years. Ten years of Alan Brown. I know. Yeah, he's been an absolute joy, hasn't he? Just a lovely, lovely human being. Plan for the big smoke. Hit us with it. Train at 7am, half eight back, all being well if we make it. Just a wow. quick heads up, those going on the train. Fulham Broadway stations closed after the game, I think. Or maybe before, maybe all day. So you've got to walk to Earl's Court to get the tube. Uh, just a heads up for those listening who are on the train and haven't noticed that yet. Uh, but yeah, half eight back. Just plan on going absolutely balls to the wall, really, getting absolutely shit faced. <laughs> In and out job. But you might be staying over. Half half eight, do you reckon you'll make that? Quarter past six half time, half six kickoff, quarter. Yeah, you'll have about forty five minutes, won't you? To an hour. We'll be okay. If not, uh, there's a train to Manchester at nine o'clock. So uh, we'll just have to hop on that. You're a seasoned campaigner at this game. You'll uh, tackle whatever comes your way. Will a bottle of rum Indeed. be involved? Oh, Christ, I like to think so. Especially on route back. Yeah, I like these trains where you can really knuckle down into a nice bottle of rum. In those boiling Avanti carriages. Well, that'll be right. Get your top off if you <laughs> if you're hot. What's mm. your plan? I'm doing two nights from I Friday. Yeah. I I, I have to say, it's, it's lovely waking up where the match is, if you can do it. Yeah. So I'm happy about that. And then I simply wouldn't be able to get back after game. So, yeah. I'm excited for Stamford Bridge, me. Very good tick. Yeah, it's a tick. I'm not excited to watch North End or the away end, but I'm excited. Well, you to just fear Stamford. you fear for the worst, really, don't you? You're just hoping it's not. This is this might be extremely negative, but look at the players in Chelsea's team. I'm just hoping it's not horrendous. Yeah, yeah. We're obviously long odds on anything. Yeah. Sorry, go on. I just read a piece today like seven changes Pochettino could make. It's like Sterling coming back in <laughs> and Kunku starting Enzo Fernandez. Oh, I mean, funny, funny, funny. Good luck. So let's have it right. They're not in great shape, shape at the moment, but um, they are also a lot better than us. Yeah, so there's people fascinating. Oh yeah, two of the worst teams you could wish to see, like in real rank form. Yeah, Chelsea are absolutely mother us. Let's have it right. I reckon it could be about twelve. God, I think. Tell yourself throughout the game. This is a tick. I was there when six thousand went to Chelsea, and anything else is a bonus. Anything on before then? Uh, the World Dark quiz. Championship, obviously, tonight. Yes. Quiz tomorrow. Oh. And then it'll be a quiet Friday before, um, before Chelsea. Yeah, 100%. My days of drinking the night before early get-ups for away games are long gone. Long gone. Left that in 2024. 
2023. Well, yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. Because my last, my last real bad do was um, Norwich, where I was, I was like halfway out of the minibus on the motorway, spewing. Oh, really? When Parrot scored, I had to, I had to get a change of top. I had to go into Tesco topless and buy a change of clothing because I'd spewed <laughs> all over my other top. It was a ridiculous sight. How did you not end up in like a news article or something? What the hell? You actually went in topless. Well, I had to. I'm going to be sick here. No, I guess not. Well, we'll leave everybody with that that vision ingrained in their minds. See you after Stamford Bridge. You sure will. Enjoy the day, guys. Pleasure as always. It's the 90th minute and P&E are on the TV. You're watching with all your mates and the McNugget share boxes are open for all. Your pal's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Result. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com on the McDonald's app. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.